Well, over this last Lenten season that we have had, we have been talking about how to become a better disciple. And we have used the disciple Peter as an example. And some of this, well, all of the sermon series we've had in the next six, in the last seven weeks are as follows. If the Lord calls, follow. If we see something special, say so. When you start to sink, stay focused on the Lord. Counting misses the mathematics of forgiveness. Be careful how you boast. You may have to eat crow. It takes a special example to be a master server. So, we're done with those series, but we got one more, and that's today. So, David and I have done a lot of negotiating with a speaker to come and deliver our last series on how to become a better speaker. And who better to tell you how to become a better disciple than Peter? Peter uh, is going to come here now. And he's traveled a really long way. And he's really, really, really old. So cut him some slack, but he is going to talk to you once again about how to be a better disciple. So Peter... Come on in. See, he walks a little slow. It's okay. It's okay. Shalom, shalom, my friend. Shalom. Shalom. I have been introduced by this older man <laughs> as, as Peter, and so I am. Did you know that your scriptures refer to me by four different names? Simon, my Greek name, or the Hebrew Simeon. And then the name Jesus gave me in Greek, Peter, Petras. Or in Aramaic, which is what we spoke, Cephas. All four names are in your scriptures about me. Hmm. I was... I lived in Capernaum. I was married, and I was a common, uneducated man. And I would like you all, just for a moment, if you can see, I'd like you to look out at the ocean. Because this ocean reminds me of Capernaum and living by the Sea of Galilee, where I was a, was a, a rustic Galilean fisherman. And it was one day when, when we were out fishing, and it had no luck, that a man was on the shore and he said, put your nets on the other side of the boat. And so we did, and we had this huge catch, and we knew something miraculous was happening. And, and I came on shore and I said to him, please depart from me, I am a sinful man. And he said, no. No, I will make you a fisher of people. I will make you a fisher of people. And so we, we dropped our nets. We, we left everything and, and we followed. How could we do anything else? This man was so special. And, and there was a time later when we were out on, on the Sea of Galilee in the boat. Jesus was not with us. And, and all of a sudden, we saw this figure walking 
walking. Can you imagine walking on the water? And we realized it was the Lord. And so I said, Lord, bid me to come. And he, he said, come. I, 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 I stepped over the edge of the boat and out onto the water. And, and I began to walk. And then I, I looked down and I saw the waves splashing over my feet and I, I got a little scared. And I began to sink. And I said, Lord, save me. And he reached out his hand. And he said, oh, you of little faith. Why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? And then, some weeks later, he took us up, he took us up to, the, to the top of a mountain. And we had a vision of Moses and Elijah. And Jesus himself turned this amazing, radiant light. He just, everything about him was light. He was, he was transformed in our midst. And, and James and John and I were just, we were blown away. And I said, Lord, shall we make three booths? He said, no, 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 no. We must go down to the villages to where the people are. And so we went. We didn't understand all this, mind you. Not at the time. Would you? We knew something was amazing about this guy. And, 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 and we would often sit around the fire at night talking. And, and one night I asked, I said, Lord, how many times should we forgive? Because, you know, life is hard and, and people can be hard. I said, seven times? He said, no. Seventy times seven. What an amazing guy. Seventy times seven? There was something so special about Jesus. I don't know if you've ever known somebody really special. Maybe somebody famous or somebody really wealthy or somebody who's very powerful. Or maybe somebody really spiritual or very wise. But you know you want to be with them. You want to be in their presence. You think about them a lot. That's how it was for me with Jesus. I, I couldn't get him out of my mind. I thought about him constantly and I wanted to be with him. What about you? Do you think of Jesus often or just once in a while? But then, later, he asked us, who do people say that I am? And some of my friends, they said, well, well, one of the prophets, or John the Baptist. And then he, he looked at us and he said, but who do you say that I am? And I blurted out, Lord, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ. And he began to teach us that the Son of Man must suffer and be ridiculed. And I said, no, 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 I, I rebuked him, that's not possible. He said, get behind me, Satan. But it was the same Jesus who called me Peter, which means rock. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Me. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know what he meant. I wasn't sure if he was sure. But later I came to realize that Jesus is the foundation. 
And perhaps maybe I was one of the first cornerstones since I had identified him as the Christ. And we, after his death and resurrection, we began to promote his teachings, his life, his ministry, and his death and resurrection. We proclaimed it wide and far and began to build this fledging little church that began to grow and more people became, became disciples of Jesus in those early decades. But what we did put us at risk because the powers that be do not always like change and new ways of doing things and thinking and being especially religiously when there are certain parts of the status quo that are not to be challenged. We knew something could happen to us. And it came. And before I died, I had to watch my wife be crucified. And when it was my turn, I told the authorities that I couldn't be crucified the way my Lord had. I wasn't worthy. So they they nailed me to the cross and turned me upside down. Well, you know how the story ended for Jesus. It was during the Passover week. And we we had gone to the upper room. And it was there that he said, one of you, one of you will betray me. And we all looked around and we said, is it, is it me? Is it me? And then he, he girded himself with a towel, took a basin of water, and he stooped down and he, he washed our feet. He washed our feet. And, and when, he, when he came to me, I said, no, 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 you will not do this for me. I should be washing your feet. And he said, Peter, if you do not let me do this, you will have no part in me. And I said, then, then not just my feet only, but my hands and my head, just give me the complete once-over. <laughs> he said, those who have bathed have no need. And then he, he was there sharing in this Passover meal and he took he took the common unleavened matzah and he gave thanks and he lifted it up, blessed it and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And and likewise, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Bring me back. When we remember, we put something back together. We put the members of a body back together. We remember and bring him back. And then he said later that he would be having to go away. And I I said, where are you going? He said, where I'm going, you cannot come. We didn't know what he meant then. We know now only all too well. Well, then we went out after the Passover meal to the Mount of Olives. We sang some hymns. And then he said, before this night is over, you will all abandon me. And I said, Lord, even if they all flee away, I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. And he said, Peter, Peter, Peter. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. 
And I said, Lord, I will never deny you. Even if I have to die, I will never deny you. And all of a sudden, the soldiers burst in upon us. And Judas betrayed our Lord with a kiss. And in the scurry and flurry as they were trying to take Jesus, I grabbed a sword and began to fight back. I didn't know what else to do, impulsive as I am. And and I struck off the ear of one of the soldiers. And Jesus said, put down your sword. And with that, they they bound him and took him away. So I I followed from a distance, a safe safe distance, just to see what would happen to him with all this power and authority of the Roman soldiers. I didn't want to be conspicuous. So I, I kept my head down. But as it grew late into the night, it became cold, so I went and warmed myself by a fire, as anyone would do, and tried to listen outside the building to see what was happening to Jesus. And one of the women there had the audacity to say, weren't you with him? I think I recognize you as one who was with him. And I said, oh, no, 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 I think you're mistaken. It couldn't be me. And someone else said, wait, your accent betrays you. You must have been one of his followers. I said, I was not. And again, some, someone said that I was, I was one of them. And I said, no, you've got it wrong. And only moments later, the cock crowed. And I wept bitterly. I was so ashamed of the very thing he said I would do that I didn't think I would. But I knew it didn't end there. I knew that he was one who would forgive me. That I would be able to find my way back somehow, some way, someday to a relationship with him. Judas, not so much. He went out and hung himself. Well, the next day was one of the worst days of my life. It was the day that Jesus was tortured and crucified. We disciples, having been so close to him, knew we couldn't be there for fear that they would take and do the same to us. So we hid at a safe distance. I'm not proud of it but we had to to save our skins. And there he died on the cross. We were grief-stricken. We were so closed in in the loss and the brokenness we felt. And three days later, we heard from some of the women that the tomb was empty. And so we, we ran, the other disciple and I, we ran, we ran all the way to the tomb and it was, it was open. And I went in first and it was just as they said, the, the, the place where he, his body had been laid was empty. We didn't quite know what to make of this. 
our grief continued. And finally, I didn't know what else to do, so I decided I would go back to what I knew how to do, fishing. I told the others, I'm going fishing, and some of them said, we'll come too. And that's what we did. We were out on the Sea of Galilee fishing. And this figure appeared on the beach and he said, how's your catch? And we said, nothing. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat. And all of a sudden we had such a catch within a very short time we could barely drag the nets into the boat. And the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved dearly, in addition to me, um, he said, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. I grabbed my clothes. I jumped into the water and swam ashore. And the others came along. And he said, get some of the fish. We'll, we'll cook them for breakfast. And then he, he took the bread. And as he had done in the upper room, he broke it. And he did the same with the fish. And we were talking. We all knew who it was, even though he didn't say. And then he turned to me. Of all people, he turned to me and he said, Peter, do you love me? I said, yes, Lord. You know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Okay. But he turned right around and he said, Peter, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, tend my sheep. Now, a third time he asked, Peter, do you love me? I I was exasperated at that point. Yes, Lord. Yes. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. He said a few other things, but his parting words were simple, just to follow me. And that's what we did. Not the physical Jesus, but the Christ. We followed him with our very lives. And so, for me, The number three is a very lucky number. You might not think so because I denied him three times. I'll give you that. But three times he asked if I loved him. And three times he affirmed me and invited me into his kingdom purposes. Feed my sheep. And also, He was raised on the third day. Lucky for me. Lucky for you, too. The church I was a part of was built on second chances. Me, of all people, deserved no. God? Yes. Second chances. Me who blundered and blurted out was always the outspoken disciple, always putting my foot in my mouth, saying things that I couldn't 
stand up to. And yet Jesus still gave me a chance to be an ambassador, to be a disciple and follower, to be an apostle, to serve in the church. If that was true then, it's true now too. This church and all churches are founded on a second and third chance because we all fall short. We all fall short. May Christ be as important and powerful in your life, each of your lives, as he was in mine. Shalom. Shalom. Alakam.